it's mostly when I'm comfortable or fed up <laughs> where I'm just like, all right, all right, all right, leave me alone. <laughs> but you know, what's funny is my, the way I speak really depends on who I'm around. Like it, it, I like sounded Italian the other day. I was like, what am I saying? I think I said like, something like forget, forget about it. Or like, <laughs> right. fuck out of here. I was like, so like immersed in like this energy of New York. I was like, mama mia <laughs> just kidding I don't say that but uh I really do kind of like wherever I am kind of absorb as we all do like mm -hmm. the culture and so um that's how that stuff happens do you like Jack Carlo are we gonna talk about him <laughs> can we talk about him he's, uh, a he's another southern gentleman It's Rashad, and this is Wearing Many Hats, presented by Desire, where we talk about your main gig, then we talk about your side hustle. Sarah Summerlin is a comedian that also has a podcast called FOMO Machine. Sarah is also an engineer, so she's got beauty and brains. We can still say that, right? That's not like an outdated <laughs> saying, right? <laughs> Judging by her Instagram, she likes Smile, Direct Club, City Bike, Reading, and Jack Harlow, but not in that order. Please welcome Sarah Summerlin to wear many hats. <laughs> that is funny as hell. Not in that order. What do you think the order is? Yeah, what is the order, right? Obviously Jack Carlos first. And then Smile Direct Club or City Bike? No, the collab between them. I did love the collab between them. <laughs> that was a great collab. You know, what's funny is the guy, the CEO of um, Smile Direct Club commented on it immediately and loved it. No way. Yeah, and and then I did a dumb thing, which I always do, that I literally am just finally got my lesson with now is the problem and the benefit of me is that I'm such an open book uh -huh. that I don't realize boundaries sometimes. And <laughs> I like, you know, he DM'd me or something about it, and I didn't think anything of like sharing the DM from the founder of Smile Direct Club, like screenshotting it and like putting it on my story and being like, yo, shout out, like the CEOs <laughs> and I realized like you know with people like that they have things at stake and they don't like their private communications like aired publicly I just I literally only learned that like a week or two ago because I added a week or two ago I, I added a guy because he ghosted me for a women's march and to me that's just hilarious that is hilarious. And he's a comedian. So I was like, yo, at da-da-da, like, why'd you ghost me for a women's march? Like, you care so much about abortion. Like, what about getting me pregnant? Like, come on. Like, <laughs> wow. you know, and, you know, I was a joke. Mm -hmm. But uh, comedians have terrible boundaries. Right. Usually. That's why they are comfortable discussing many things. Mm -hmm. So... I'm learning like I need to kind of keep it on lock a little more if I want to be seen as a professional and not just a messy ass bitch on the internet. <laughs> well, here's the thing, like the DMs are a dark place. <laughs> it's a totally different place than like texting. Is it? Like to me, it's all the same. It's a message to me directly. <laughs> like <laughs> what is a text other than a direct message to me? I, I mean, with Smile Direct Club, that's fine. <laughs> exactly small dm club oh man yo i've used them before too to straighten my teeth for a second yeah your teeth look pretty good thank you but i used to be insecure about my bottom teeth actually because they're crooked yeah i can see that Who oh cares? wait yeah i can no i love crooked teeth my Me too. my ex she had when i met her she had crooked teeth and i loved that about her but then she got Invisalign 
and she looks super hot now but like <laughs> but not the same it's not the same no i used to have a big gap and so did my mom and my mom's gap was like what are you a french model like she looked beautiful with the gap yeah and but i was a kid you know so they quick put the braces on me and like fixed yeah, it i got braces too i but i have a gap in between Good. my teeth it's such character like people's teeth is so much their personality in a way you know yeah. my mother it's hilarious she looks at my mouth when i talk sometimes i'm like what are you hitting on me leave me alone don't look, wow. at, my don't look at my mouth i have to like train her to not look at my mouth she's like i do it with everyone i'm like yeah it's weird <laughs> Stop. oh my god that's insane <laughs> thing is funny putting people on blast via dms i feel like now especially now like everyone should probably like <laughs> i mean they should have already watched what they said before oh yeah but, but like now i've got everyone like everyone does it everyone puts everyone on blast regardless of like if it is like even like a bad thing like even if it's a good thing i know still put it on blast like i remember some like one of my friends was really into my podcast and he was saying all these nice things and i was like yo is it cool if i like screenshot this and like put it on my stories and he's yeah. like yeah use me for clout and i was like yeah okay yeah that would be great but it's funny because that's like and i also use his line too in there so it's just like this whole thing but that's just for good you know but everyone does it now everyone screenshots yes everyone has great whatever. power and great responsibility exactly my favorite thing that when like dudes are out of pocket and they say something really stupid like big booty and someone like screenshots it and then puts it on their story and i'm like yeah yeah you tell them it's weird <laughs> the amount of men who like call me like hey can i eat your ass or on the street even oh yeah cat calling all racist all racist the first man who asked if he could eat my ass I was 18 on the mm -hmm. upper left side. Like in, in public? Uh, walking down the street. Oh, wow. And then um, yeah, I, wonder what I, I told would him say. I thought his joke was funny. He was like, great, let me eat that ass. No way. This was over DM. DM. And, I, and people have encouraged me to book that person. I was like, you're right. He is funny, but he makes me uncomfortable. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> He can do another show because he didn't even have a pre-existing relationship with me when he asked about my ass. Yeah. So I don't know. The world is full of these magical creatures and the <laughs> I just let let them loose. You know, I yeah. Such an open book. Anybody can screenshot what I have to say, in my opinion. And I, right. I don't I don't interact privately in a way I wouldn't want aired publicly. And that's that's a thing about me. Like that's how, many women have felt this way. I think about their nudes. Mm -hmm. I, I never really send nudes at all. It's very rare. Same. Uh, nice. Thank you for being respectful. <laughs> the point is sharing both ends. Oh my God. I, um, I asked my girlfriend, like, why do you think they deserve to have your image in their phone? Like, right. <laughs> why do you think they deserve that access to you? She's like, I just think my body is so nice. That it would be a crime if it wasn't on everyone's phone. <laughs> it's like, you're funny. Like, that's the best reason to send nudes is that you don't care. You so don't care if they're leaked. Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. Funny stuff. Look, there's OnlyFans. That stuff gets leaked every second. Like, if you were to have a FOMO machine OnlyFans and you put like premium content like that on there, it would be out. It's crazy. See, in the pandemic, I was trying to help out all my friends that had OnlyFans, so I would join them, but I would never see them. It's funny. You know, I have a tier on my Patreon called OnlyFans. Do you, to all our listeners out there, you heard that. I have a tier on my Patreon called OnlyFans. My dad is subscribed to it. Wait, what? <laughs> it's a tier like Only stepdad? <laughs> Dad, dad. Oh, dad, dad. Okay, so real dad. But there's no sexual content on it, so. No, that's that's great. 
<laughs> I'm glad you disclaimed that. The funny thing is the amount of people who say, how can I subscribe to your OnlyFans? And I say, go to my Patreon, scroll down to the tier called OnlyFans, and you can subscribe there. That's amazing. And then people will be like, hey, where's the content? I'm like, it's there. Didn't you see the benefits of the tier are double my podcast and free admission to my live shows? <laughs> it's a little bit of a joke and a little bit of a accidental trick yeah again, of I course did not, i didn't even realize people would actually think it's a sexual content because they know i'm a comedian right i've just always had this take about sex work in the modern age where it feels like there's so much pressure to sell your sex right like there never has been like as a female comedian, you has to you used to have to be like downplaying your appearance. Now you have to like show your pussy. Oh yeah. Like man, the tables have turned. <laughs> the tables have turned. There's a New York Times article that came out about being hot. Really? Yeah, and they got nothing else to write about. Sorry. They got nothing else to write about, and so it's basically almost saying that there's no such thing as like you're special anymore like oh. you know so it's just like everyone's hot in their own way yeah that's true yeah 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 that's so true. i mean we should all be so happy about the diversity of hotness that is now normalized like it's pretty dope like the only problems i have is when people think they need to like mutilate their bodies to be hotter like men go to surgery to get taller like they'll literally go oh and- yeah like get their knees like <laughs> Yeah, they'll yeah. get their fucking legs cut up to be right. tall. Or a BBL. We don't get a BBL. I'm like, especially as a white woman with big lips and a fat ass who got made fun of it when I was a kid. I was like, right. Wait, so we are buying this shit now. I right. got made fun of for this shit. Right. I finally felt some sense of acceptance from the Kardashians popularized ass on white people. But, you know, I was a little offended. I was like, you can buy whatever you want. This shit's for me. Now they're getting rid of their BBL, though why because they now know that all natural is the way to go it's always been the way that's always been the way i mean unless you really 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 like a certain look like i've met women who seem perfectly happy with what they've done to themselves right like deeply perfectly happy and it suits their whole personality and aesthetic choices like to an extent i can see it like fashion it's hard for me because inside my body I don't really like the idea of being cut up uh-huh. to please the eyes of somebody else. No. It doesn't really make sense to me. Like my deep, deep cut on like breast implants and BBLs is like, I want to lock up whoever invented that because it's really treating like people like a cow. A cow. A cow. Like what am I literally just a fucking physical body vessel for your pleasure? Like how am I? Some people love that. Actually, a lot of people love that. Well, listen, I I can be that without mutilating my body, though. You know what I mean? Right. You can, definitely. But others, I've read stories on people wanting to get all these augmentations because they, like, really want it. And I think it's not even to please the other person. It's, like, for themselves. Yeah, they like the look. Yeah, they love the look. I mean, I dirt. I certainly am not anti-breast. <laughs> I would never call myself anti-breast. The only time I ever hooked up with a woman was because her boobs were huge and she was my friend. Mm-hmm. I was like, "What are that? What's that?" You hooked up with your friend when I was in high school. Oh, okay. so are you bi or are you? Well, you you go through an exploration phase. Right, right. And everybody always thinks I'm bi uh-huh. or or gay. Mm-hmm because of how my personality is i'm Mm. like listen i'm here to represent straight women who are comfortable in their own skin Mm. and have male friends like i (laughs) it has nothing to do with me being attracted to women i had to discover that for myself though because plenty of people also told me i could never find in men the things i want actually that's very true like big boobs Ah, yeah that's what i need boobs on a guy Get the why aren't the men getting the tits, huh? They are, they just go to the gym for them, I guess. They do. I used to get so jealous that men could just transform their entire bodies at the gym and bitched and complained about it. I'm like, wait, what do you have to do? Eat more and work out. 
a baby. Eat more and work out if that's what you want. Shut up. The rest of us are going chopped up at the fucking butcher shop called the hospital to please mm-hmm. your fucking eyes. You can fucking eat food and go to the gym, man. I do not. Up. Not you. Not you. Whatever you want to do is good. Okay. Okay. Cool. Thank you. I I do not like when people chop them up. I've also. I mean, I've been with a woman before that's been chopped up. <laughs> and uh chopped up yeah i'm i mean you know yeah and it was got a, good heart happy with it right and you were happy with her and you loved her right or well i don't know no 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 we've all moved on good long time ago yeah where are you based right now currently i'm in ridgewood queens oh but i live between vermont and new york is that where you're from vermont no i'm from connecticut I moved to Vermont somewhat recently and to New York again recently. Wait, so you have two spots? Yeah. Did you buy a place in Vermont? I don't buy. I only rent at this point. But you know how expensive it is to live in New York? Right. At that rate, you can live in two places and then pay the same amount of money. Wow. That's very true. Yeah. So my overhead is the same. I just have a different place to go when I'm so tired of it here. No way. Yeah. That's really great to hear. No one has discussed You know, I just started thinking creatively about like, you know, plenty of rich people have second homes, right? Right. And I don't really need uh, elaborate lifestyle. Uh I like having space to myself, but I also love living with people. Like in New York, I live with roommates. Right. And I pay less than a thousand, right? Mm -hmm. And then in Vermont, I pay 16. Do you have a car? Yeah. All right, I'm about to switch up my lifestyle. I own a car. I bought a Jetta. Uh, nice. Wow. <laughs> I'm about to consider your lifestyle. I love it. Everybody should do what makes them happy. Right. I feel like New York makes me so happy and so upset all the time. I could not agree with you more. On one hand, it has all these creatives that I could have never met elsewhere who are so driven and unique. To stay in New York for a long time or even be from here and stay here really says a huge amount of what you can handle in terms of like intensity and pressure and competition. And Definitely. Everything like that, it, it says so much about a person's character, but then all those things make New York bad too because it's like a pain in the ass to even move two, three miles. It's expensive to take, you You step out the door. My friend Isaiah was saying, you step out the door, you spend a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Like the amount of money it takes and the stress of everyday shit here is like terrible. And then add on top of that, the ego and the competition among creatives in particular, it's worse than business because at least business has to do with like literal money and shit. Like being a creative who's validated is like some crazy ego shit usually to deal with and like fucking infighting and people using each other and acting like friends like, Oh my God, it sucks here. That's why I have that place in Vermont so I can be the fuck alone. Like not alone, alone. Like my best friend from childhood lives up there. Mm-hmm. So I get to- In Vermont. Yeah, she lives in the town I live in in walking distance. So oh, so you have a place to yourself in Vermont. I live alone in Vermont and my cat is there. Crumble. 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 He has an Instagram called at Crumble's Secret. So yeah, that's how I'm living now. I recently, so I went home, I left New York. I had two bad back-to-back years in their own way. They were good and bad. I was like, I have to get out of this city. Mm -hmm. And so I went home and I lived with my family for six months Mm -hmm. and like tried to heal whatever was wrong with me that attracted or um, pushed along these negative situations in my life. I went to the gym, like, you know, I did the thing that guys do is like, you know, lay low, start a hide hustle, hit the gym. Like I did that. (laughs) <laughs> and then I decided where to move. I said Vermont because Vermont is very commutable to New York mm-hmm. if, with a car or by plane. A plane right. trip to Vermont is an hour and a hundred dollars. It's very cheap for what it is. It's cheaper than driving and faster. So I was like the, the fucking pragmatics between Vermont and New York, like check out for me. Mm-hmm. Then I can have just when I go to New York. So I was visiting New York on Pride weekend recently. And you want to know how much the average Airbnb cost was in Brooklyn, where I'm used to living? On Pride weekend, it was a thousand a night. Yeah. 
And I was like, this is insane. If I'm going to be in New York, even a third of my time, a quarter of my time, it's more affordable to rent. That's so true. I was like, and then my friend's room opened up. My friends of friends from my hometown, like 20s creatives who are already more successful than me as creatives, at least, had a room. Isn't that's, that awesome? Yeah, that's incredible. Now I'm like reconsidering everything. Discuss any of this stuff. It's my favorite thing. Tell me what you're thinking. You know how Vermont was doing this thing to get people to move there for like $10 million? They were giving thousands of money, dollars away to people, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, I actually was considering that. I was like, wow, that, because I, from friends, their testimonials of living in Vermont amazing. were amazing. It was insane. But like, for some weird reason in my mind, like, this country only has two cities. It's like New York City Lord or like Los way. Angeles. Yeah. I've been everywhere in the country, which is fine. Everywhere's nice. Everywhere's nice. I mean, most places. Everywhere, every state has some nice parts. And it's not always the cities. Like, what's hilarious is I moved to what feels to me to be like a country town. Mm -hmm. It has like 40,000 people in it. It's not big. But it has a great art scene and a college, Burlington. Oh, God. Burlington, like, that's... I've only heard amazing things about Burlington. Thank you. But you know what happens is like, I... uh, what was I trying to say? I um, I remember driving up to Vermont with my cat when I moved there. Yeah. And I stopped at a gas station in like an hour outside of Vermont or Burlington. And, and the guy was wearing a cowboy hat. And he'd be like, m'lady. Yeah. Off too. Wow. And I was like, I'm moving. And he's like, oh, where? And I was like, Burlington. He's like, ah, the city. The city, yeah, and he was so nice. He, southern he, accent in Vermont. Why is he talking about Burlington inside the city, the big city? The big city, and he wasn't even following up by saying like, I, "like I want to eat your ass." <laughs> like he was just being very kind and welcoming. That's funny. You're not wrong. He was polite. Um, it reminds me when I was a kid. So my mom's from Alabama, so I used to spend a lot of time down there. Uh huh. Um, I remember we walked into a gas station in a really podunk place too. And my uh-huh. mom had the impression that people thought we were flashy. She was like, ah, oh, they probably think we're from Montgomery. <laughs> oh, Montgomery girls. Montgomery girls. Montgomery girls. Yeah. Wow. Well, let me know if you ever decide to rent out your spot in Vermont. Listen, you can visit it. Rent it for a week or so. Just pay my rent for that week. You're fine. Amazing. I like to stay there. I mean, I think it's going to be a really good in general retreat for any of my friends who want right. to get away. I'm I'm willing to share my house. I have a cat who needs to be watched. So right. if they're not allergic, they can help me and I can help them. You know, I'm so glad I had you on the pod. <laughs> I'm giving you like ideas about how to live. <laughs> You know, <laughs> it's not easy though because you have to figure out the logistics of where does your mail go. Yeah, what's your billing address? You have to have one primary residence. That's what I'm realizing is mm. like, I can't be truly half and half unless I like improve the life admin processes I have. Like, yeah, I have to get really good at dealing with mail if I'm really half and half. Which, to be honest, I should get deal- good with dealing with mail even if I'm not. Because what if something important comes and I'm just not there? Right. How am I going to deal with that? You know, I need to have a system in place. That's what I would say my day job helps me do is like become so much more structured in terms of how chaotic I want to be. Mm-hmm. And your day job is being an engineer? Yeah, I'm a software engineer for work. Wow. Software engineer for work, comedian by night. For pleasure. For pleasure. One for business, one for pleasure. Actually, they're both pleasure and business, in my opinion. Now, they used to be one was supporting the other, and I was right. really torn about how it could I could possibly get good at those things because they're so different. But they're also not. Like now that I'm at the level I am in terms of coding, I like have a lot of fun coding. Mm-hmm. It's it's a delight, frankly. I, I really love the activity. It's incredibly relaxing to code. I have a question. So do people that are like 
software engineers or like coders and they've just been doing that for so long but did not get into comedy yeah is that why some usually like start to like get freaky and just like get into weird shit and like that's why they like break out we might break out then start to become like comedians or like have their only fans or i don't know this about i don't really know any other software engineer comedians i know betsy carroll does it and i know uh -huh. and frimpong but uh also it could be with like anything like even like working in fideye working right. in like accounting well, and whatnot here's what i think is the world is really myopic with how it treats people like right. left brain right brain like of course if ideally you need to develop both very well to do either of them well mm -hmm. so for me i actually hated math and science as a kid and did not ever consider being an engineer until i saw my friends who i got along with really well like my best friend and ex-boyfriend is a roboticist in a phd program working on like the hardest problems in ai mm -hmm. and then yeah he's the one that's doing all the dolly what is paintings that? oh yeah no he doesn't do that simple shit just kidding he, that's hard shit but he does a lot of human robot interaction type shit like figuring out how to get that stupid robot dog to not be a piece of shit right and, like, he cares a lot about applications of his work he doesn't really like that they police communities or have been used to police communities he's more interested in like how do we get the gopro on it and have it climb a mountain you know right. and how do we solve all these problems regarding all the axes of movement in a device that's like it's it's very interesting shit. And then my other good friend who became a software. You did Elon? That's crazy. No, but he works with people who work with Elon. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, he's a smart person. He could go work at Tesla if he wanted to, but he doesn't because he's a smart person. Ah, he of knows course. how to have fun. He's building his own fucking van. So he's he not can... pale. No. Yeah, he's he's driving his camper from like fucking Alaska to to Latin America. Like that's oh, he's one of those. Nomadic, yeah. Patagonia folks. I love it. Seattle base loves to ski. Yeah. Good shit. And then I got into software specifically though, because I had a friend who studied sociology mm -hmm. at Stanford actually. And he was toxic. He was always saying how surprised he was. He could hold a conversation with me or that I could hold one with him. Oh, one of those. Oh yeah. He totally wanted to get with me. I had no idea until he started being such a complete asshole to me when I dated his friend and not him. Mm, happens. Sociology he studied, but he also <laughs> had a minor in CS and he loved comedy. He had a couple hilarious viral videos. Uh, -huh. uh Ralph Wen, shout out Ralph. Hope you're well. Never text me. Um, wow. Yeah, he's funny as hell. And he got into software engineering and he started making really good money in like a second. And I was like, bam, like, that's what you can do with that skill. Like in terms of a white collar job, that's actually the most easy one to get into is tech and engineering in specific, if you're willing to learn how to code. And the fact is most people are not. Most people do not want to learn how to code. They'd no. rather stick a fork in their eyes than learn how to code. Wow. So that's why Brutal. I do it because I'm willing to stick a fork in all my eyes, all seven of them. And Damn. it provided me a level of stability to do my creative work. Of course. You know, I don't have a rich family. People will think I do merely because I put myself together and I make money myself. Right. More money than both my parents. Oh, you make more money than both of your parents. Not combined, maybe one day, but uh, definitely more than each of them individually. Wow. Are your parents still back in Connecticut? Yeah, they are. That's sweet. My mom's a nurse and my dad's a pediatrician. Isn't that cute? That is cute. They met in the newborn nursery. Do you have any siblings? I have step-siblings. Mm. My parents divorced when I was six. My dad remarried, my mother didn't. Mm. I have step-siblings who I adore and love. And to me, they are siblings. And I have a stepmom who's also, in my opinion, a mom. To me, I have two moms and one dad in my brain. Um, yeah, that's my background, I guess. Wow. My dad's German and my mom's from Alabama. Your mom's from Alabama? Yeah. I can see that. Well, that's why I sometimes talk the way I do. Yeah. Because I'm like, all right. Yeah. There, <laughs> I, I was waiting for it. 
ah, like a lot of this, the eyes becoming ahs is something I do a lot. <laughs> it's mostly when I'm comfortable or fed up <laughs> where I'm just like, all right, all right, all right. Leave me alone. <laughs> but you know, what's funny is my, the way I speak really depends on who I'm around. Like I like sounded Italian the other day. I was like, what am I saying? I think I said like, something like forget, forget about it. Or like, right. fuck out of here. I was like, so like immersed in like this energy of New York. I was like, mama mia. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't say that, but uh, I really do kind of like wherever I am kind of absorb as we all do like the mm -hmm. culture. And so um, that's how that stuff happens. Do you like Jack Harlow? Are we going to talk about him? <laughs> Can we talk about him? He's, uh, He's another Southern gentleman. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, no, me and my other friend, uh, we talked about him the other day and- Y'all don't like him? We're still wondering why He's like popular, popular. Yeah. Oh my God. Cause he's good. Nobody's paying attention to his old albums. I would agree that the latest one is a little bit stinky. I don't really like it. It's not that good. I like the visuals for the first class video with yeah. Drake. I think those are cool visuals. Yeah. Those are cool visuals, but that song is not, that song is so bad. It's like even Drake's verse is pretty bad. And like the Dua Lipa track is like not even that good. Like I don't even know, man. But don't you know, can't you see it in other artists where if you only listen to their first few albums, you'd understand how they popped off and how they made all the friends they made. Like that I, guy's, every, his first three to four albums are like gold. Wow, we really have a Jack Harlow stand. Yeah, I've been a big fan of Jack Harlow like since 2018 or 2017. Did you eat the Kentucky Fried Chicken, Jack Harlow? Does he have a song like that? No, he had like a. Oh, I saw he had KFC. For him, hell yeah, I should go get it. But um, you give me vegan, but you're not, so you eat meat. I eat meat. Yeah, I need to slow it down. I don't eat as much meat as I do eat, but. But what was I gonna say? So listen, you want to hear creative, creative Jack Harlow? Look up the song Cody Banks. Cody Banks in a secret agent outfit. <laughs> really cool shit. Fucking a sick song about Cody Banks. Dope. The first song I ever heard of Jack Harlow had Sci High as a feature on it. And Sci High has like a third of the song. Sci High is awesome. I don't uh -huh. know who am. I'm a huge rap fan. Mm -hmm. Like I obsess with rap. <laughs> Besides Jack Harlow, who do you oh, like? Yeah. Oh my God, where do I begin? Uh, who have I listening to lately? I've been listening to a lot of Twenty One Savage lately, mm -hmm. and back into Vince Staples again. His mm -hmm. that big Big Fish Theory album. Um, I love Amaretta as a rapper in Atlanta. I do love Azalea. I love. Um, I listened to that woman Remy Ma again lately. Mm -hmm. I just love rap like so much i like this girl <laughs> bailey like i just love i love rap it's my favorite thing and i honestly think it's part of what how i am uh motivated comedically and even how i write or perform actually i think has a lot so to you do think you're a rapper when you somebody is actually asked me if I was, somebody's actually asked me if i was rapping one time when i was merely speaking i was like no it's his, it's a rhythmic way of speaking. I'm right. not rapping. That's no. But the thing is, if you listen to rap like that much or hip hop that much, you literally internalize rhythm to the to the level that it honestly helps comedy, in my opinion, for me. Because mm -hmm. the way I perform stand up, and it took me forever to realize like the way I do stand up, you have to learn how you do stand up as a stand up. I don't write everything out, you know? You just rap everything out. I just write five ideas and go on stage and see what happens. And does that work? Yeah, for me, it gets me booked more lately. Wow. It gets me booked in the boroughs, not really in Manhattan. <laughs> I, just start, I just start going to Manhattan clubs and just hanging out, you know? Right, right, right. Did you start off your com comedy career by the usual open Mike. mics? Definitely going to mics, making friends, noticing that I was uncomfortable everywhere I was. Started producing my own shows maybe two or three years into doing stand-up. Started really kind of building rooms like that or a room like that. 
and then started getting so comfortable in rooms that I made with my friends and my comedians I liked that I discovered the kind of comedian I am. And then I started just, I still love producing so much because I may be a stand-up, but I also identify more also as a creative producer. Like I don't need to be front and center all the time. The best thing for me about running a show is sitting back and enjoying it and making sure people are enjoying themselves, the audience and the performers. It's a huge break to run a show. But then if the spirit moves me, I can do a set. That's beautiful. It's a lot about just like having a good time being like the the primary focus of like everything like engineering comedy housing it's like how does this support me like emotionally and if it's not supporting me emotionally i don't need to do it right i know one other comedian who quits as often as me drew dowdy i think he now has a writing job on flatbush misdemeanors i'm so glad that you brought that up that's all (laughs) i've been watching currently as of late oh right it's a great show it's a good show you know, and that guy and I quit all the time. I love him. He's so funny. We never, we're, our cycles are never aligned. You know, it's never like, it's like he'll quit, I'll quit. We'll even, I'll text him, he'll text me. It's like six months in between our text exchanges. I'm like, I'm like, and he said something funny the other day. He says, wouldn't it be funny if our depression aligned and we could be depressed at the same time and happy at the same time I was like yo speak for yourself I'm not trying to be depressed no Uh, but but you're funny like I get your point because in the past I have been depressed and that's part of why I would quit because at the scene would depress me I had no um sense of how to insulate my emotional world from the bullshit Mm -hmm. you know because stand-up is inherently competitive like even if you have friends performing like if you go up after someone, like you have to know that you want to do better or as good. And you have this pressure of, I don't want to do worse. And um, in fact, maybe I want to do the best on the show. I want to stand out so much because that's how so many people get jobs. Right. Speaking and, of depression, you're like holding a stress ball right now. Oh, it's an EOS lippy thing. Oh, for your BBL lips. Thank you. All natural. All you bitches want to get like me. Damn. Damn. <laughs> so I was watching a few clips from other episodes of your podcast, and I think I came across you saying that people with podcasts or, or communes are the worst people. Yes. I believe that. Myself included. Just kidding. Yeah, usually. The reason is because people over-identify with their ideas. Right and not who they are like internally in their spirit. Mm. And they're obsessed with getting attention for their ideas, which is like gasoline on it with social media. It's like, you're already a performer, a male performer, by the way, which is weird. Mm-hmm. Men are supposed to not want that much attention. They're supposed to like enjoy being in the background. The women are supposed to be the ones like Like guys can do that. And I'm not saying male performers are like always crazy, but I'm saying that male performers who over identify with their ideas and need the level of validation that they seem to crave where they need the job the followers the likes the pussy they're shitty people Mm. and i don't fuck with them you know it's like i have guys at a late night show who don't like me and guys at like a, a regressive podcast who don't like me wonderful i'm in wonderful company if i'm pissing off men who seem like nazis and men who seem like saviors I'm in a great place. Wow. Men are political comedians. They're bad people. Not like in their soul, but the way they're operating. Right. They're oblivious to themselves. They're oblivious to themselves. Totally. Calling me names, telling me I'm immature and I'm regressive and I'm acting childish. Well, you know what's very childish is to when you think someone is childish, create an Instagram called Act of Regression and start following me on it and paying attention to all my shit. Wow, you got a lot going on. You know what's childish is to hit me up a month later after I'm done talking to y'all and ask y'all to leave me alone saying, delete my number from your phone. Bruh, I'm not even talking to you. That's as of late, right? Oh my God, boys are really corny, aren't they? They're so pathetic sometimes. Not all men, right? I have so many male friends. I just hate, you know, this shit too with politics. It's like, they claim that I act like a paragon of wokeness. Uh What does that mean? 
a paragon of wellness. What do you think they're saying to me when they say that? Wow. What does that mean? There are certain terms in this day and age that have completely changed. If you were to say, like, canceled or woke this, it's like this whole right-wing type B. And then, like, yo, I don't even know what kind of podcast this is anymore, but I'm sure that this isn't, like, a dirtbag left podcast. We don't talk no. too much about politics on here. No. Um, no need to. No need to. Men are preoccupied talking about politics. They don't even conduct their personal lives in as loving way as they claim they conduct their po political and public lives. Right. There's so much about women as a man. Why won't you stop harassing me, bruh? Damn. So this you know, is basically a PSA for you on this well, episode. Why not? I mean, I don't care. I'm not naming names. I don't care to. Those people totally. can just drop out of my life and just leave me alone. Block me, please. Y'all are blocked in my texts. I'm blocked on Instagram because y'all just don't want to look at me or talk to me on Instagram. But you do want to fucking be an asshole in my texts. Get out of my life. <laughs> so to everyone out there, FOMO <laughs> means fear of missing out. The podcast is actually called FOMO Foundation. My okay. Instagram is FOMO Machine. Okay, because cool. that's where I create the propaganda regarding myself and the FOMO Foundation. Oh, propaganda. Okay, yeah. so the podcast, FOMO Foundation, is there a reason why you started that? Yes. I Let's A go. couple of reasons, actually. I'll be honest, one of my biggest inspirations was Joe Rogan. I loved him and his podcast. I think he has on interesting guests mm -hmm. and is a relentlessly curious person who has made a ton of mistakes and has certain behaviors and ideas I don't agree with. Uh -huh. But he is a curious person. And I loved the variety of guests he had on. The amount of like academics and comedians I'm aware of because of him is quite high. And because of his podcast, I learned about so many different people and like then followed their work separately that I don't have like a Joe Rogan diet. Like I barely even listen to him. I haven't listened to him in like a year or so, but I listen to a lot of the people he put me on to still. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, anyway... I thought there was something about that podcast that gave me so much that I was like, you know, I could do this too, but there's ways he does it that I don't love. I think he could do better. And I love conversations and I'm happy being solo. So if I invite at first two guests on a, at a time is how I did it. Cause I was so nervous. Mm -hmm. if I bring on two people who get along. Then I don't have to worry that much about if I can maintain a conversation. Right. So the first several episodes are like two by two comedians, if you go back in the history. And then I started noticing I was not uncomfortable anymore. And I started just doing more one-on-one -on -one episodes. And so I took a break for a while because I just, my personal life, I had to go back to Connecticut and reset myself. Right. And I was also just struggling to be social. Like whatever version of mental health issues I have is I shut down so much emotionally. I struggle to connect and speak. That happens. Almost like I can't even speak to my friends. I'm so upset, that kind of thing. I can't even connect with my friends because I'm so paranoid that I'm an asshole or lame or that I'm harming them by being around them merely by being a drag. That's how I can get sometimes, actually. I can right. get like, I can get like, <laughs> like my mom and dad will come to visit me and I'm like, I'm so sorry if I'm boring. I'm so sorry if I'm boring. Like, I can't, I'm, I don't know how to be nice or interesting today. I'm sorry. They're like, you're our daughter. We don't care. And I'm like, like, no, I, they're not. they don't, they love me like in a real way. But anyway, so I started it again because I was like, I love that shit. Like I, I right. listen back to these episodes and I love them still. I love these conversations. They're like little time capsules with some of my favorite people. Well, that's good. It's like a club for yourself. Cause like, were you left out of functions when you were a kid? Ah, probably. But I was also like, how can you hate when you're outside of the club? Just kidding. I was also just not wow. allowed to leave my house. Like uh -huh. I was like very much locked down in my house. Right, right. By uh, <laughs> mom was pretty controlling, so Whoa. I couldn't really go many places. So I was even locked out of my own house repeatedly. Of your parents' home? Yeah, by one of my parents. So no way. 
I just dealt with a lot of not being let into the club, if you will. So oh, also um, weird. I was the only child mostly raised by a woman from Alabama in Connecticut. Exactly. Exactly. So I was odd. You know, you're weird if you're an only child to begin with. You're extra yeah. weird if your culture is Southern and you live in Connecticut. Right. Exactly. You know, but I look the part. That's the thing about me that I think is scary or weird. Even to myself, I'm like, I look like I'm from Connecticut. <laughs> you do kind of look like you're from Connecticut. You kind of look like you're from Connecticut, but you sound like you're from Alabama. So everything checks out. Ooh, uh, that's very, the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. The two best and worst kinds of white people. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Hats off to you and everything that you do for some desire wear many hat solutions. Would you ever make a FOMO machine and what would that consist of? Oh, I love that idea. A FOMO machine. Well, first of all, Instagram already is one. Right. So, it does. You know, don't reinvent the wheel. But if I could improve the wheel, I would remove followers and following, mm -hmm. have everything be zero. Um, and I would have only posts <laughs> and I would have all the likes be private to only the creators. Uh -huh. And I wouldn't have stories, actually. I would get rid of that feature. And I would, and if I did have it, it would be one-time view only. Mm -hmm. Every story is a one-time view only. You can't even, you screenshot your phone explodes. And then, <laughs> and then say, it's, an this app. Out. it's an app idea. And, uh, and then DMs, obviously, I feel like they shouldn't exist. You should just text. Right. Yeah. That makes, this is a machine that I feel like, your ex could possibly make the AI the AI guy. Thank you. They, I mean, he and I could collaborate to build it together and raise money and hire a team. And have a baby. Ew. I love him too much like a brother. That's Not have a baby. He has a girlfriend. And a I have a guy that I'm seeing mostly. So. No baby. Listen, I actually did tell him, though, like, if... You know, we can make a zygote. We can freeze that zygote because uh -huh. you would be a good dad. Like, it's just one thing I know about him is he's my only family, frankly. Like, if I needed money or he needed money, we'd call each other, not our family. Everyone should have someone like that. Yeah, I did actually need him to loan me $1,000 recently, and I paid him back. Uh, for what, if you don't mind me asking? I couldn't stay at my house because I had like a triggering like PTSD incident that I felt really unsafe in my house. Right. Which which house? My family's house. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So this is before Vermont and yeah. um, mm -hmm. right before it was like the, the week before. Mm -hmm. And I had to maintain my psychology and like work. So I was like, I need to go live somewhere else. But right. my budget is so strapped due to my move. I can't really afford this right now. Mm -hmm. Like I'll go into the negative. So I called my friend. I said, hey, I get paid on the 22nd. It's the 15th right now. Can you loan me? Can you get me this hotel? And he was like, yeah. It's very sweet. And it was awesome. You know, I buy him shit sometimes, you know. I'll buy, you buy him dinner. Him? I'll buy him dinner. I'll spend 200 bucks on dinner without him. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll go out. We'll eat well. He'll be trying to be conservative about what kind of cocktail he drinks. I'm like, no, nah, get him more, get him more. That kind of thing, I'm... I mean, this is like a family to me. It's someone I've known, I hope forever, but since I was 20 or 21. Long time. Yeah, some people are so special, you know? He and I had similar childhoods and were from neighboring towns, but we met in college. That's good. Like he had a dad who lived in the same town my dad lived in. We both were raised by our moms basically only and were the only children between our two parents. And he and I both like the same music. Rap. We both climbed. Yeah, hip hop, rap, all music, frankly. He's really Climb. Spanish language shit now, like lots of Maluma. Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny. Yeah, exactly. So I you guys it. like to climb too? Wait, is that what you said? I used like to climb a lot, but I don't really like climbing. I just like climbers. So now oh. we do winter sports together. He skis. I snow. Oh, okay. Okay, cool, I cool. Vital over here. All right. I don't really, I'm not good at either of them yet. So, but this winter I'll get good at. She is snow bunny. Let's go. Thank you. I'm a little bit of a snow bunny. So what I ski. So what I snowboard. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, 
if you were to get a chest tattoo quote, what would it be? Hmm. I was actually thinking about this the other day. I texted my friend what I would get as a tattoo. Let's see. I got this idea at like 7 a.m. one day. The idea was best ideas come. Hmm. Seven oh, yeah. Or... <laughs> this is crazy. Okay. If I had a chest tattoo, I would get in script across my chest, like here, the word vaccinated, Jeez. vaccinated. Nice. So everybody knows. Vaccinated. That is first on the pod. Should have been first in the beginning for <laughs> everyone out there. Uh, but other than that, that is that is a great one. I like that. When you get it, vaccinated. It's like, with what? Against what? <laughs> exactly. No one needs to know. Nobody has to know. Hep B? <laughs> COVID? COVID? Sexy 3000? It's a chronic disease where you're hot? Wow. I don't know, you know? Learn something new every day. Uh, <laughs> Sarah, plug your socials. Where can people find you? Okay. On Instagram at f.o.m.o.machine. And then I have a Patreon too, which is findable in my bio. I'm really interested in people subscribing to my Patreon because they get double the podcast content and free admission to any show I run like forever. So I'm trying to offer value out here. Thank you, Sarah, for coming on Wear Many Hats. It was great to have you. Amen. Till next time, this is Wear Many Hats presented by Dasar and I'm Rashad. Peace. Peace.